OTB AM. With Gillette, get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Dominic Fifield of The Athletic is on the line. Morning, Dominic. Good morning, how are you doing? Good, and thanks for your patience there. We were deep in uh, conversation about the rugby, but back to the football with us. A lot of chat about uh, the shortlist at Chelsea during the week after Tuchel walked the plank, uh, but it was decisive, swift, and uh, successful, obviously, in the end. And the shortlist seemed to have, I mean, maybe slightly more than one name on it, but one very clear uh, outcome that they wanted. Yeah, it sounds as if they've idea Mark Graham Potter as as a their their preferred choice to take the club forward for a, for a while to be honest and I imagine that the other names on the shortlist were there as, as a safety net really just in case Potter had second thoughts or or they they they, they couldn't agree a, a deal with Brighton but the, the the existence of the the release clause made that a formality really uh, yeah he's in situ um and taking training today Friday um I imagine. I know, obviously, everything's a bit up in the air at the moment mm. over here in terms of whether the games will be played. But, but if he doesn't play this weekend at Fulham on Saturday lunchtime, then his first game will presumably be the Salzburg match in on Wednesday. I, I would very much doubt the Liverpool fixture will take place the following weekend. And in some strange ways, look, I mean, obviously, it might sound inappropriate to say it, but a, a few days. Um, grace for him to try and work with the players on the training ground and get some of his ideas across to them after that Salzburg game before they all disappear off for international duty might be a bit of a blessing for, for Graham Potter. Yeah, I'm sure quietly that's uh, that's definitely in the in the front of his mind. Probably the we're obviously still getting to know and reading pieces, including on the Athletic about like the how the new owners are going to run the club and the types of owners that they are. Like the appointment uh, happened so quickly in the end, and the call went into the Brighton owners very quickly after uh, Tuchel had gone. It seems. Um, I guess when you're approaching somebody at a less uh, hurled a club with a less hurled profile and a manager who's less heralded in the sense that he doesn't have the enormous profile maybe as some of the other names that were mentioned there's some confidence on the owner's part that well, we're going to be able to get this done either way Yes, although I, I, I guess Graham Potter would have need, needed assurances that that Todd Bowley and Clear Lake Capital are thinking long term that Chelsea under the previous regime, we, we all know, I've spoken to you guys about it before in the past, I mean, they were higher on fire. They, The first blip that a manager or head coach encountered, whether that be four games or six games, um, that was pretty much the end of the road for the for the man in charge. Um, there were a few sort of lingering departures. I think virtually all the Italians, bar Roberto Di Matteo, saw out a season knowing that they were going to get replaced in the summer. But, you know, generally speaking, once you had a blip and you... You lost the dressing room, or you, you lost your way, or indeed Champions League football qualification was was threatened. You you were out the door. Um, that reputation has it has been has now extended into this new ownership because, you know, at first glance, you look at what's happened in this last week, and 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 Chelsea's new owners have sacked a manager after seven matches. Uh, actually, uh, they would argue that they want someone in place they feel they can work with and they can work with for the long, long, ter- um, long term. Um, and once they assured Graham Potter that that's what they want to do, and they they said to him, "Look, that you will be given time, and we will be patient, and we don't expect you to sort of revolutionise." the way Chelsea are playing um, overnight. Uh, we don't expect you to be winning the Premier League title, I imagine, that this season. I, I, I'm pretty sure that conversation must have happened. Um, 
I think he was probably reassured, and, and that's that's a decisive factor in him coming to, to Chelsea because he doesn't. From his point of view, this is an opportunity, a massive opportunity for him to to make his mark at an elite club. These opportunities come very, very rarely. They come even well to, for young English coaches, even rarer still. So he, he sort of he would have looked at it and thought, "Can I make this my project? Can I? Will I be given the leeway here to to do what I've done at Brighton?" Um, his revolution at Brighton was not overnight. They finished fifteenth in his first season, sixteenth in his second season. So they were, they were even last year when they finished ninth, their, their highest ever finish. There was a period, I think, of eleven games in the middle of the season where they didn't win a match. I think they lost five on the bounce in the spring. There were periods where the home supporters of the Amex were booing. You know, this is and that's within the season they finished ninth. So, but Brighton treated him. They, they gave him that opportunity, that leeway, that time and and the patience to to build. And, you know, the, the way they've been playing football this season is, is really a result of, you know, over three years hard work. Yeah, it's been so impressive what he's done at Brighton. And I think that is what they want him to do at Chelsea. Like a five-year contract is quite a long time. Yeah. But they want him maybe to to build the, the, even the structures, the ethos within the club. You know, they talked about all of this. So it seems like it's a complete rebuilding job almost it, well it is I mean it's and that's to be expected because of the unique scenario and situation at Chelsea really since March um, we shouldn't forget the trauma at that club really from March time and Thomas Tuchel actually was the man who carried that that team through carried the weight of of of, of all of that on his shoulders and was the public face of of Chelsea under sanction. Um, we didn't hear much from any of the members of the hierarchy at the time of anything at all. Um, and he deserves credit for that. But but the sense of trauma, it's, it's akin really to a club in administration. You know, they, they, the players have, have, have really played through uncertainty for a, for a period of time. Not as long as some clubs have gone endured, but, but for three months, it, it was it, things look a bit dicey, things look a bit precarious. Then this takeover is rushed through People are coming in into the club uh, and on the one hand they want to make it their own. They want to establish it. This is our club now. This is Bowley Clear Lakes Club. It's not Abramovich's anymore. And they want to break from the past. So it's no surprise in, in that context that Marina Granovskaya, Petr Cech, Bruce Buck, etc. Guy Lawrence, they all leave. Um, but on the other hand, these guys, these guys are learning on the hoof. They, they, they don't know how to run a Premier League football club. Um, they're, they're learning as they go along. And um, I think that has that created its own issues over the summer, not least on the, in the transfer market. And that's one of the complaints that, that Tuchel definitely had um, towards the end and, and definitely contributed to the, the fracture in relationships and communication at the top of that club. Um, but now they're in a position where Okay, they don't have a technical director in place, although they they want to you know remedy that by the by the, certainly by the World Cup and the and the next transfer window. Um, but they they really are shaping it in their as as they want it to be now. They they have a their own man at the top who they feel they can work with, and they clearly over a hundred days realised that they couldn't work with Thomas Tuchel. Um, so their their own coach on a long term contract with a long term vision. Um, they will bring in that sporting director to guide them through the the next transfer window and to instigate the the philosophy change and and to long term plan etc cetera, etc cetera. and I think actually when you look at 
certainly Bowley's other sporting interests, LA, the LA Dodgers. I mean, he hasn't been a hire and fire owner. Um, okay, he's, he owns, I think it's 20% through Guggenheim over there, but, but he's, he's not somebody that wants to tear it up in the way that Abramovich did every time everything went wrong. He, he wants long-term planning. He wants stability. And Clear Lake Capital is, <laughs> I mean, they're, they're in this, Ultimately, I imagine to make profit. Look at the amount of compensation paid out over the Abramovich era and the losses made there. They don't want to be spending two hundred and fifty million pounds every transfer window to revamp the squad. They need some kind of long-term strategy and approach that will allow them to be sustainable. This is the best way of doing it. And the only, the only surprise of it all is the timing after seven games. I mean, that's 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 the thing. I mean, you, you look at it and wonder whether this could have been. This change could have been made in the summer, but maybe these guys just had to learn over a period of time that they weren't going to be able to work together. Yeah, it did look it did look like as if the writing was on the wall. Some of the stuff that's emerged, I was reading some stuff in the Athletic yesterday about uh, them saying internally that uh, Tuchel was a nightmare to deal with around um, transfers, particularly, which um, it doesn't seem like a most amazing working environment. Just on on um, Ashley mentioned earlier on just about the the methods I think of um, Potter and the stuff that he's become known for at building up that Brighton side. How does that play out now? With like, it's different to do that with Pascal Gross than it is with. It's not they're not like a squad of Galacticos, but they are a step up in in quality. So how does that work for him, Dominic, in your view, in terms of trying to get make players better, I guess, which is the ultimate acid test of any manager? Well, when I, I'm actually writing a piece on this um, at, at the moment for, for next week, and, and I initially thought this is going to be bloody difficult for, for Graham Potter because he's between now and uh, you know when when the appointment was made between now and the world cup chelsea play every midweek there isn't a there isn't a break for him to to train and you'd imagine that all the things that he wants to do whether that, whether that be player flexibility structure of a team positioning on a pitch uh, that is done by drumming it in over and over and over again incessantly on the training ground and he's simply not going to have that opportunity because they won't they, they'll be it'll be match recovery session preparational session Recovery, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, from now until the end of time, pretty much. Um, so I, that, I, I envisage that it would be a real problem for him. But, but speaking to a couple of people last night um, who have worked with him and worked with him at Brighton and Swansea, etc., their attitude was well, well, he instigated almost cultural change, certainly at Brighton, from from uh, the, the previous regime to. To his, they went. It was chalk and cheese. It was, it was direct football. It was very defensive football, um, becoming uh, more expansive and, and attack-minded and progressive. Um, he's not having to make that same level of change at Chelsea. Um, these guys are better quality players. They're, they're, there's more pedigree in this in this Chelsea team, even amongst the younger players in the Chelsea squad. Um, for them, I, I I wouldn't have thought that. A lot of the techniques that he will introduce in the few training sessions he has will will, will be a shock. They won't be a shock to the to the system. They'll 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 adapt to them very simply and very quickly. I would have thought, and and they'll be able to take it all on board much quicker than maybe than the than they did down at Brighton when he when he went there in 2019. So I, I'm not I'm not sure it will be quite um, as 
much upheaval as, a, as it was at his previous clubs, it should adapt quicker. The, the thing that he's got to deal with most of all, I mean, certainly get yeah, egos in the dressing room. I mean, mm. people like Thiago Silva, Koulibaly, Obama Young, etc. He's 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 never dealt with this caliber of player, people with lofty reputations, and he's going to have to to do that. But we're told that his communication skills are one of his fortes. So I mean, it's I I, I, I imagine that he he will actually relish the chance to work with people like this. Um, the other thing is the pressure. Um, it's he's he's in, it's a very competitive Premier League this season at both ends of the table. Um, he he needs Chelsea needs to be qualifying for the Champions League. I mean that that's that will remain the bare minimum that that any Chelsea ownership I, I suspect will um, will will expect. Um, not least after spending all that money in the summer as well. So you know if there are blips and bumps along the along the road. He, he's going to have to recover quickly. He's going to have to, you know, pick pick chins up, make make sure that the the players are are recovered and and can focus again to ensure that they they, they do finish in that top four place. And that maybe is a different level level of pressure than than he's been used to in the past. Yeah, we'll see how it plays out over the coming months. Dominic, thanks, William. Pleasure. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.